Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And Jen, you're fucking perfect to me. <laughs> That's such a great song. I love that song. Today we're talking about They Slash Them. Now, last week when we were finishing up Starship Troopers, we just said They Them. Yeah. But it turns out that the movie's title is actually They Slash Them, which is Kind of cutesy considering what happens. Well, at least what happens at the end of the movie. It's a slasher movie. Interesting. So, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I don't have any experience with this. It's brand new. It's, it's out on new. Peacock. You can yeah. stream it on Peacock. So. Streaming on Peacock right now if you have Peacock Premium, mm-hmm. but not if you have the free version. you right. got to pay to see they slash them one way or another. Right, right. Yeah. All right, so this movie was directed and written by John Logan. Are you familiar with this guy at all? He has done some stuff that I have seen. I did a little bit of research uh, on him, and what what I found out is that he has done one other horror movie, if you don't count Alien Covenant, which is more of a sci-fi movie. One other horror movie, and he did it back in 1999. He wrote it, and it's called Bats. And that movie is really, really bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't even know what to think of that movie anymore. It's been... 23 years since I saw it. I saw it when it first came out on video. And yeah, yeah, kids, video, not even DVD back then. It was 99, so it was the nascent age of DVD, but I was I still saw it on video. I, I haven't seen any of his movies, I don't think, but it looks like he was pretty involved with a TV series called Penny Dreadful. Yeah. Which I have seen that. I did enjoy that series, so. Sure. His TV stuff is all right, I guess. I know you've seen Gladiator. We rec- we recorded an episode on Gladiator. Oh, he wrote that one. He okay. did. I don't know if he was the sole writer, but he was one of the one of the people that wrote the screenplay. Well, I take that back then. I've seen Gladiator. <laughs> the, I, I was kind of looking through the list real quick, and I didn't really see anything else that stuck out that I've seen it. So. Yeah, and I can't remember which Bond movie you went with me to see, and I think it was Skyfall. I just remember you checking your watch about every five minutes oh. at that Bond movie. But <laughs> Not he, a he big wrote... James, Bond, uh, James Bond fan. Yeah. No, no. He wrote those. He wrote that one and Spectre, the, the follow-up to that. Okay, okay. So, but yeah, so I mean, he the, the guy is good with like an action movie or with a sci-fi movie. Well, maybe not. He did do Star Trek Nemesis, which is actually one of the lowest rated Star Trek movies ever. So but, I don't know if I'd call him hit and miss then. Maybe miss and mediocre? mediocre no, I mean, Gladiator, so? Gladiator was good. Yeah, it was good. He yep. did Any Given Sunday. That was good. Aviator oh, was good. Oh, he did Any Given Sunday? Yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Skyfall and, and Spectre are good movies. Alien okay. Covenant is decent. I just think that maybe he's not that good at horror. And I don't know if it's the direction or the writing because I really love the concept of this. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. But 
Okay, so then maybe he is yeah. a hit and miss type of. He, person. I, I yeah. feel like he is hit and miss, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to horror movies. Okay. Two horror movies, they bracket his filmography, and the first one was kind of really bad. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so in this movie, we have Kevin Bacon going back to his slasher movie roots. He plays Owen. We have Theo Germain playing Jordan. Anna Chalumsky is Molly. Carrie Preston is Cora. We have Quay Tan as Alexandra. Austin Crute as Toby. Anna Lore as Kim. Monique Kim as Veronica. Cooper Cook as Stu. Darwin Del Fabro as Gabriel. And I think that's the main group of them. There's quite a few people in this main main cast here. Almost everybody in this list is inconsequential with a couple of exceptions. There's y- not many them that get slashed. There's only a few right. thems that get slashed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So... Should we dive in? Let's start talking about this. Okay. We, there's a lot to talk about. we got to unpack this. The movie starts with... <laughs> okay, so probably... I had I had high hopes when I first started watching this movie because when we, when we first start the movie, there's a voiceover talking about, oh, she traveled deep into the woods to do-da-da-da-da. And I was like, what is this about? What's going on? And you see a car driving and you're like, oh, wow, somebody's narrating this? That's going to be interesting because I'm not really a big fan of narration. (laughs) So I was intrigued, to say the least. And what really got me is when when they're describing, like, these decaying bodies and blah, blah, blah. Smell of decay, yeah. The person that's listening turns it off. It was on the radio the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, it was like an audio book or something. It was an audio book, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I really enjoyed. But this person ends up getting killed by a masked masked psychopath, I guess. That's what we have. We always have masked psychopaths. That person gets killed with an axe after getting distracted by a deer? Yeah, she did she get a flat tire and then No, got she, out ran over the, she ran over the spikes, the, uh, the stop oh, strips. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's right. So she did get a flat tire. Mm-hmm. That's why she ended up stopping. She got out to look. Then there was that whole deer misdirect. I liked this opening. I thought it was a good start to a slasher film. It was creepy. Um, You had the figure kind of in the background a little Mm -hmm. bit to scare the audience when the, you know, character themselves didn't know the the killer was there. The old over the shoulder, hidden in the shadows shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aptly directed, aptly handled in this opening scene. Yeah, I thought this opening scene was a good start to this slasher flick. I was thinking, okay, we're off to a good start here. Right. Yeah, it definitely starts off on the right foot. But then we get to see a bus full of LGBTQ people arriving at Whistler Camp, which is a camp run by Owen, played by Kevin Bacon. And he talks a great deal about how it's an inclusive space and he says that they're not going to try and convert anybody forcefully. He's not going to even talk about God or any of that stuff. I was immediately suspect of this guy. (laughs) You're talking about a gay conversion camp. Gay conversion camps don't have like real good history behind them. So I'm thinking... 
this guy is full of crap. There's just no way. Not only do they not have a good history behind them, but they are, I mean, they're inhumane. They, they are. They are. They are. I, did, I couldn't think of a way to just, I mean, yeah. they're horrible places that people should have never, uh, This that shouldn't be a thing. No, it should have never been a thing, but here we are. Yeah. I think what they, I think what they were trying to get across here is how at these camps, and now I've never been to one, I I would suspect that things like this would happen where they maybe would try to befriend you and say, look, we're the good guys here. We're not build trying to change you. Build yeah. trust. Okay. And then, because later they're going to force this issue mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're out at the target practice. And, you know, he outs one of the other characters later on as trans. And... It feels insincere, I think, is what is the way it comes off. And he does everything right. He does almost too much right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I consider myself to be conscious of this and accepting of, of all people. And I still sometimes accidentally misgender people. Mm-hmm. I admit my mistake and I move on, you know? This guy was doing everything right in that opening thing. Mm-hmm. Everything was perfect. And it didn't make... It didn't... I felt uncomfortable, I yeah. think is what it comes down to. Okay, so I want to go back to the, the opening kill mm-hmm. real quick. Did you take that the way I took it? I took it as a Friday the 13th homage. Because in the first Friday the 13th, which had Kevin Bacon in it, you were, you already mentioned that, they kill off a counselor as the first victim. I didn't. And actually, I watched this twice in my second time viewing. Mm-hmm. When I'm watching this kill, I was really confused. I'm like, because at that point, I know who the killer is. I know what the motive is behind this person. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, this makes no sense. This like isn't with the motive of what she's doing. No, it doesn't, does it? It didn't make sense until we found out who this person was. They'll, it gets revealed later in the movie who this person is. Oh, even even after it's revealed, it doesn't make any sense. But it and does because she's trying to be a worker there. Okay, but that... Okay, I get that. She's trying to be a worker there, but but Molly, and we're just going to say it, this is, the, this is the original Molly that gets killed at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Her death doesn't fit the other things. She's not guilty like Owen was guilty. Molly was supposed to be a new person coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree to a point, but I think it it made more sense to me after I watched it again and was like, okay, she killed her to take her spot to become the medical person. Right. And But she was supposed to be new, so we don't know if she would have been part of all of this stuff, but you would assume that someone going to work at a conversion camp would be like on Owen's side. So maybe she just assumed it, but but I do get I I I'm I, I'm on your side too with that thinking that it doesn't quite make sense completely. Not quite, no. I yeah. and, and I think the problem is that we don't know enough about Molly to know whether or not she was party to this. Mm-hmm. We know that people like Zane and his wife are former former students mm-hmm. at this camp. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure if Molly was or not. I mean, we can assume. We can assume that she was. But, and, and, and even at that, right, 
why why do Zane and his wife get murdered? They're victims of Owen. Yeah, but they're participating in the torment of the campers. I mean, that's true, but they're also... I mean, they're helping torture these people. They're also victims of this madness as yeah. well. You know? Well, and so. I, I just, I think for Molly, I don't think it matters at that point. I think she's just trying to get revenge on anybody that is, you know, participating in the mistreatment of these people. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Well, let's let's move on. We I guess we can keep you can kind of keep analyzing that as we go along because there'll be more examples of of this as we continue on. So the folks that are arriving at the camp, Owen separates into boys and girls, but Jordan is trans and non-binary, and they are not cap- they're not comfortable going to either either camp or either cabin. But Owen ends up assigning them to the boys' cabin. And Owen makes it a point to say, hey, I respect your transition. I will address you by the pronouns that you that you prefer. Again, Owen is not... Like, he's just talking so much about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. That's the thing that gets me is that it's just like the it's just like the I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. No, you're not. If you were, you wouldn't have to say it. Right. 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 But you could tell that Jordan is very suspicious about this whole interaction. Oh, yeah, definitely. You could tell on their face. Yeah, definitely. That's this. This just isn't making sense here. Yeah, I, I was suspicious of them at first because of the title. The title is they slash them. Mm-hmm. And this is the only non-binary character mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. So I assumed that they were the they in they slash them. Yeah. But they are not. So this is... Uh, and I think this is where I'm starting to have a problem with this movie in that it's unnecessarily cluttered with stuff. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So the group has like a little group session where Owen is kind of kind of getting people to talk about why they're at the camp. And everybody kind of goes around and says why they're there. Owen, or Owen, excuse me, Jordan says that they made a deal with their religious family to attend for a week. And then if they attended for that week, they would be able to legally emancipate themselves. Then everybody goes to bed. The next morning, Owen, Owen, well, one of Owen's underlings catches Alexandra in the shower. And Alexandra in the shower is obviously trans. So Owen takes her clothed. No, they're not, they're not, she's not nude or anything like that. But Owen takes her to the boys' cabin and outs her right in front of everybody. Which is, I think, the first time that my suspicions start to maybe get confirmed mm-hmm. about this guy. Yeah, and then he says at the end to everybody dress appropriately. Right. Everybody has been dressed appropriately the whole time. Correct. There's not anybody that's been... Correct, because Alexandra 
Yeah. Identifies as female, and she was wearing girl clothes. Yeah. And it wasn't inappropriate clothes or anything. I mean, that's why I was like, okay, what? Yeah, it was a little weird. But I agree with you. That's another little like, hmm, all right, I'm not sure about this guy. When I was watching this back the second time, too, Sarah, she's the one that went to the shower and caught So it wasn't his wife. It wasn't no. Owen's wife. It was somebody. It was Sarah. Who was which the... is Sarah is the fiance of Zane. Oh, Zane's fiance. Okay, that's what it is. All right. But I was starting to wonder. Okay, is Sarah going to check on her just to spy on her, or was she being creepy like she was with? Oh, with Kim. Kim. Yeah, because you know later in the movie she gets really, really creepy with Kim. Yeah, she sure does. And so then I was like, oh, you know, who knows? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter in the movie, but it's just something I started thinking about. Like, was she really trying to catch her doing something? Or, or was she, was she a just pervy peep show? Right, having a pervert moment. I just took it as, because it's pretty obvious that Alexandra gets up before everybody else, goes to the showers before mm-hmm. everybody else. I just took it as... Maybe somebody was like suspicious that somebody's up by themselves that early in right. the morning. They went out to check and saw what was going on. But she's got this look on her face like she's been staring at Alexandra for a while, meaning she probably knows what's going on mm-hmm. when Alexandra turns around. So maybe you're right. Maybe she is having like her little perv moment and... And they maybe went through the stuff that was turned in and her estrogen pills were turned in. So she could have been there. I just, Sarah's a creep. Okay. Yeah, Sarah is a creep. (laughs) She's just gross. She is gross. Yeah. So after that, Alexandra later gets the new nurse, Molly, who's not this Molly. This is the person that replaced Molly. The Molly that died is not the Molly that I'm talking about. This is the person that killed Molly and has now taken Molly's place. Right. Anyway, Molly is... See, I, I screwed that up by telling everybody who, who killed or who died and why first. I probably should have followed your lead and not named Molly. I was right trying to keep, but, you know, if you're listening to this, hopefully you've seen the show already. <laughs> so, you know. It gets a little... It, it, look... It's not, it, we'll, we'll, we're going to correct. It's fine. We're good. <laughs> so, so, so she gives the estrogen hormone to Alexandra. Molly does. And then the group goes into, and they do different activities. Zane, the athletic director is doing like athletic stuff. And Sarah, his fiance, is doing like they're all doing stuff. Well, they're all doing athletic stuff right now. This so oh, that's right. Because first they, off, yeah, I love after the comment of dress appropriately. Yes, Jordan comes out in Alexandra's, Alexandra's dress. dress. Yeah, that was great. But the next thing with the activities by the athletics director, I didn't understand this. What do you mean? They were. Doing like big obstacle courses, like running through tires and doing monkey bars and climbing, climbing over up. walls. Yeah, climbing walls. Now, I get some of the climbing over walls because that's usually like a team building activity type of thing. But the guy looked pissed that Jordan was trying to help others over the wall. Right. 
I didn't understand this. Again, I don't think it matters in the movie, but then why are you showing me this crap? I well, I don't know. It just seems like a waste of time. Because you have to flesh out the movie. I'm going to be honest here. This is not a very good movie. It's it's stuffed with stuff like that that doesn't, doesn't really matter and not stuffed with things like, I don't know, building suspense. I don't know, like giving us more slashes. This is a movie that actually has the word slash in the title, and we don't see slashing until the last 30 minutes of the movie. Why? And if I remember correctly, yeah. all the slashing is done off screen. Yeah, it is. You see them going to get attacked, and then you see the dead bodies afterwards. I'm not a gore hound anymore, guys, but I would love to see a little bit of horror in my it's, horror It's movie. a slasher film. It's You're supposed, supposed to, to see that. Now, I, yeah. I do not like that blood and gore and torture stuff. That's not my cup of tea either, but I'm expecting to see some of it in this slasher film. Yeah. A, a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it doesn't have to be gory deaths, but at least see <laughs> somebody get stabbed with some blood coming out or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. What is this rated? Maybe they're trying to keep it like a lower rating or something. Well, it was not rated PG-13. It's rated TVMA because it is it is a That's Peacock a, exclusive yeah. film. I don't think I don't know if it was in theaters or not. They end up handcuffing pairs of the kids together and then walking them out into the woods all by themselves in the middle of the night. And then making him stay out there. And this is another thing yeah. that I don't understand why. What What's the point of this? I don't get this. I don't know how this pertains to camping to begin with. I don't know how it pertains to con- trying to... The conversion therapy that's supposed to be yeah. happening. Well, I, you know what? You know what? I think, benefit of the doubt here, maybe we're supposed to take this as just as ridiculous as any other attempt at conversion. You can't change someone from who right. they are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, no matter what dumb thing you do, it's just impossible to change someone yeah. from who they are. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. So I... It could be, but... Yeah. We get to see our slasher person again. Right. Yes. Just uh, in the background. Just in the background. Yeah. But that's, uh, I think, isn't it Jordan and Alexandra actually see yeah. this person, though, right. don't they? Yep. Okay. So the next day, though, the camp therapist, Owen's wife, Cora, they go, they do like this montage of her basically belittling everybody, belittling their sexuality, belittling their gender identities, including Jordan, who is kind of roughed up mm-hmm. by this whole thing. And uh, they go back to the boys' cabin, clearly upset. But then we get a big dance number where the group dances and sings Perfect by Pink. I don't have a problem with this song. I think it's a fine song. What's it in this movie for? This is a horror movie. It is. It is. This is a slasher movie. It's not even listed as like a black comedy or anything. This is supposed to be a straight up horror movie. I think this is the this is where my problem lies with this movie is this type of stuff where I feel like the director, the writer, John Logan, I think he was trying to have a movie with a message, but buried it into a slasher film. And so then it the two things are not coinciding. So we're getting like 
contradicting things happening here. So I don't know. I, I feel like when it comes to the message of the movie with, you know, these these people being themselves and loving themselves, I think it's a good song for that. But for a sure. slasher film, no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you on that. But what the hell is it doing in my slasher movie? <laughs> It's it the movie just he doesn't I I don't think he knew what he wanted to do with the movie for sure and it got all muddled. I think there yeah there's a there's a dis, there's a distinct lack of like tonal unity in this movie. Like does it want to be a comedy? Does it want to be a horror movie? Does it want to be a drama? Does I mean, it want to give us a message and tell us something? You I mean know? you can have you can have a horror movie with a message. Look at the movie X. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen that. But, that yeah. movie has a message. Okay. It, you don't have to. I mean, it, it's it's a simple message. Mm-hmm. This isn't a simple message. This is a complex message, and I think that maybe is where things get a little muddled. Is it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to to make this a subtext to a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. I think, man, I think that this is like the toughest genre to do, like complicated subtext for. But slasher movies, I think, need to just. Uh, there's not supposed to be a whole lot of substance to them. It's 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 got. You, you still have to have an interesting story, mm-hmm. but I don't think you need to have a lot of depth to the slasher films. I mean, I disagree. You could you can have slasher films that have depth. I mean, look at the original Nightmare on Elm Street. There's so many different levels to that movie. Look at. Look at, like, even Halloween has kind of some depth, but we're talking about a camp movie, which the camp movies that I can think of off the top of my head, Friday the 13th, 1 through 12, (laughs) Sleepaway Camp, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, right? I mean, those are movies that are set at camps. They have very little message to them. They're body count movies. Mm -hmm. You show me a slasher movie set at a camp, I'm thinking body count movie. And if you're going to have a message to it, you got to integrate it better than this. This message is, it's like they have all this stuff going on at the beginning, all the stuff that's going on at the end, and right smack in the middle is the message. And it's Mm -hmm. like, wait, is this the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop? Or what? Yeah, you go a long ways from the first kill to the second kill. I mean, we're, what, I mean three-fourths the way through the movie before you mm-hmm. get that second kill again. Yeah. Yep. That's that's the... the oh, the maintenance guy. Maintenance yeah, guy. that's right. Yep. He does die a little bit earlier than the other ones. That's true. But again, you but, see him like for 10 seconds on the screen. So yeah. who the hell is this guy? Yeah, but, but what I like is that they had him snooping just like Sarah was snooping too, right? Yeah. Assuming that Sarah was snooping. But he's, yeah, he's watching the girl's bathroom with a camera. So apparently camera. to work at this place, you have to have some kind of degree of just being Creepy. disgusting human being because Which, they are all terrible, terrible I'm a, people. I'm 100% behind that because conversion camps, they can't possibly employ good people. Oh, I agree. There, you, Yeah, you can't be a good person and work at one of these things. Nah. I was wondering, and this is completely off subject of the movie, yeah. but do they have... I'm sure they do, but do they have camps that are more positive instead of a conversion camp, but more of a camp to just learn how to accept and love yourself? I, I, I As I was watching this movie, I kept thinking, man, I hope there's actually camps out there or group programs or something for people to 
be okay with, you know, I am because I'm, I, I've, I've not been in any of these people's shoes and I'm, but I can imagine that it's a very difficult life to live up to a certain point. And there's a certain degree that you have to learn to accept who you are, love who you are. And I'm guessing that's a tough process. So I was really hoping that there is stuff like that out there. And this is what I'm thinking of during this movie (laughs) is is (laughs) stuff like that. You hope that there's something out there to counteract this, the existence of this in the world is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. I'd, I'd have to agree that you'd have to hope for something like that because truthfully, this is this is a human rights issue. You cannot torture people like this because they no. do. That's yeah. actually what happens next in the movies. We find out that Whistler Camp has not always been, you know, touchy-feely, huggy-huggy. They used to torture and beat the shit out of mm-hmm. gay kids mm-hmm. because they were gay. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. There should I I believe there has to be. There has to be a balance. There's always balance in the universe, right? And there has to be a balance to that. There has to be a, a loving, affirming camp that instead of converting, you're affirming their existence and their life and who they are. Mm-hmm. I hope. I, I hope, hope so too. Yeah. I hope so too. Yep. So the Next day, they divide after the after Balthazar gets killed. That's the groundskeeper. After he gets killed, the groups get divided by gender. Owen takes the boys to a shooting range, and the girls are told to make pies for the boys. I, I literally gagged when I saw this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, are you serious? Yeah. So the boys have to go, and and this is another thing, Jordan is lumped in with the boys, even though they are neither. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Alexandra they... is lumped in with the boys, too. Yeah, Alexandra, and Alexandra is lumped in with the boys. And in fact, Owen calls Alexandra Alexander. Yeah. And Owen refers to Jordan as he instead of they. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because then when he gets corrected, he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. I this was a tough little scene because you've got you've got them like with the shooting scene and trying to make which who was Toby was it Toby they were trying to get to kill the dog. Yeah. And obviously these guys don't want to shoot an animal and then the whole pie thing ugh. and Sarah with with Kim ugh this this part was so cringeworthy, and I think it was supposed to be. Well, I've, this was done well. Yeah, this, this was actually this was done really horrible well. to watch. No, I I think this is probably besides the opening scene. This is probably my as as from a from a film perspective. This is probably my favorite other scene in the movie. Sure, because you get this this look at what what Whistler Camp's really all about. Owen tries to get Toby, one of the other one of the other kids, to shoot the dog. There's a dog there. His name is Duke. Owen says the dog's got cancer and it would be a mercy killing. But he won't do it, he being Toby. 
But he says if he's not going to do it, Zane is going to break the dog's legs. Now, maybe I'm easy, okay? Maybe I'm easy, but when it comes to animals, this is an easy way to get me on edge. If you're going to sit there and threaten to torture an animal and then have some dude show up with, like, the pliers or the sledgehammer or whatever, I'm going to be on edge. So they they worked. Mm-hmm. Got me on edge. Yeah. And Jordan kills the dog. Like, Jordan turns around and kills the dog mm-hmm. so that Toby won't have to. Yeah. And then they fire off the rest of the rounds and take off. But now they do point the gun at Owen at one point. Yeah. And then... They discharge the other rounds into the air and then drop the weapon and leave. Meanwhile, Kim gets cornered by Sarah after they made their pies. And Kim is, or excuse me, Sarah is trying to get her to like come out to her or something. Or she's trying to molest her. I think she's, because she's like touching her and then is trying to get her to eat one of the pieces of fruit off her finger and stuff it's so oh so cringy it it really is it really is it's really 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 cringy i mean it's assault right that's what it is yeah it's assault so after that kim tells veronica their friends veronica is one of the other um girls at the camp they end up having sex i think this it appeared like this was kim's first time like with a, with a girl. You you think so? It felt like it. Oh, it felt like it. It felt like it one of those. It could be. One I of mean, those moments. You yeah, know? it could be. Yeah. I you know I, you said something about being closeted, but I didn't think she was closeted because she told everybody in that group meeting. Well, she also said that she's not out to anybody out, out in the world. Right. Out outside so, of that group. Right. She, so she's technically closeted. I think yeah. that's what I was that's what I was getting okay, at. I'm not okay. saying that she's closeted to these people. Okay. But when okay. she leaves Whistler Camp, nobody else knows. Who right. She nobody is. knows. Yes. So she's still in the closet outside in the Correct. world. Correct. Yes. So that's what I was kinda of getting at. Okay. There. But it is possible that might have been her first time with a woman. I Yeah. They didn't say that. I, I don't. It wasn't I don't explicit. Know. No, no, they didn't like explicitly say, "Oh, this I've never done this before." You know, right? Which they don't have to. It doesn't matter. Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. No, it's just that the way that it was shot, it mm-hmm. feel it felt an awful lot like, "Oh, this is kind of an awakening type moment." So I don't know. It's just it's just the way it was shot and the way it was set up. Okay, is how it felt to me. But this is basically this is the part where everybody starts fucking. So. <laughs> After that, Jordan, Alexandra, and Toby are going to leave Whistler Gamp in the morning. But then that night, Gabriel has sex with Stu, who was a, he's a high school quarterback or something like that. He's kind of questioning his sexuality and he's there because he doesn't know what to do. He's right. still he wants kind to, of... He wants to be... The jock that gets the scholarships that goes to the fraternities and yeah. Yeah. After Stu and Gabriel have sex, Gabriel reveals that he works at Whistler Camp. And Owen and Zane come in and grab Stu and they force him into a chair. They strap him down. They give him aversion therapy, which basically... Like it shocks, like they strap him to a battery Mm -hmm. and they shock him if he looks at 
the picture of the half-naked guy, but they allow him to look at the picture of the half-naked girl. <laughs> this is only one of the things that these conversion camps are known for, and it's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. Like, what this is like... So this is like some clockwork orange level shit. Yeah. You know? So in the process of their little electroshock therapy or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Torture. Torture. Yeah, there you go. Their electroshock torture. Stu passes out and they bring her to Molly who says, no, no, I'm quitting and I'm bringing this person to the hospital because they need... He needs a hospital. Owen threatens her and says she's going to have to stay. But shortly thereafter, the mystery figure starts killing again. This is where we start getting some murders again. Zane and Sarah, um, who obviously still are not straight, they're just living as straight people. Right, because they're in order to have sex together, they're staring at pictures of other people. The same sex yeah. persons, the yeah. person of their sex. Yeah. Yeah. So the mystery person murders them, then electrocutes Gabriel, I'm assuming as revenge for Stu. Although Gabriel, again, victim in this scenario, being used by Owen and Whistler Camp, much like... He seemed to enjoy watching him get electrocuted an awful lot. Yeah. He had a big old smile right. on his face. He was enjoying it. Maybe you're right. I still think of this as Owen being the the tip of this spear. I see where you're coming with, with Gabriel, Zane, and Sarah being mm-hmm. victims. Yeah. It's kind of like Stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. with kidnappers and their victims and the victims starting to take the side of the kidnappers. Yeah. It could very well be something like that. But they all three seem to be really enjoying torturing these campers. It's probably their, they feel like this is their chance to be on the other side. It could be. It could uh, be. Maybe. I don't I, know. I can't say that they deserve to die, but they definitely are not good people either. It's so. a it's a mixed message then, right? Because really, we're saying these, I feel like this, this film is saying conversion camp's bad, which again, 100% agree with, but I feel like they could have done maybe one more pass on this script. Yeah. Maybe had somebody in to like punch it up a little bit, maybe give it a little bit more gore, a little bit more suspense and take out some of the stuff that maybe is questionably sensible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So everybody like kind of comes together. They find the dead bodies here and there. So Jordan goes into Cor's cabin to look for the guns that Owen said were in there, basically. And they hear somebody coming, so they jump into the closet. Right? They see that Cora's dead body is in that closet as well, and they have to kind of remain quiet because Owen comes in looking for Cora, and the masked person comes in looking for Owen. Mm -hmm. And there's a big fight. It's revealed at that point that... The masked villain is Molly, but it's not Molly. It's Angie Phelps. Her name is Angie Phelps. And Molly was the person that died at the beginning of the movie. That's right. Angie was at Whistler Camp and was tortured when she was very young. 
and she made it her mission to close every conversion camp in existence. Which she could have done without going in and killing people, but... True. Or she could have tried, I suppose. I shouldn't say she could have, but she could maybe have tried. I mean, I'm okay with this. (laughs) So Molly slash Angie attacks Owen. She's unable to get the upper hand. Jordan takes Owen's gun, but they don't shoot. But it gives Owen, or it gives Angie time to kill Owen by pushing him onto a rhinoceros horn. Wasn't it a deer antler? I thought it was a rhinoceros horn. Was it? I thought it I was don't a rhinoceros know. horn. Yeah. I'm not going to go back and watch it again, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll go with that. And then Angie tries to talk Jordan into helping her, but they are not going to do that. The police come, they arrest Angie, and the group, the group Goes survives. about their way. They go about their the rest of their life, I guess. The end. The end, thankfully. Guys... <sighs> I really, here's my thing. I really want the rest of the script to be as clever as the freaking title. The title's clever, they slash them, because it is stylized as they and then a slash and then them, right? Mm-hmm. Just like someone's pronouns, they, them. Just like Jordan's pronouns, pronouns, they, them. But you call it they slash them and it's a slasher movie. That's cool. Conceptually, this is cool. Having a conversion camp be the setting for this this setting of so much real life horror being the set for a fantastical fan, f- fanciful horror film mm-hmm. is unique and different and i like the concept these actors deserved a better script that's for sure because some of them knocked it out of the park even given what they had yeah including kevin bacon did a great job yeah, I think he did a I great think, job I as whistler i think he did good also as yep. owen yep so do you have any alternate casting anything like that i got nothing you got nothing no i did some research but this is pretty new and there's not Mm. a lot out there yet i didn't find much for interviews or anything maybe i just wasn't looking the right spot but i just couldn't come across much so gotcha well i know i do know that the film premiered in july at outfest which is an lgbtq oriented film festival that's about all i really know about this movie the only other thing that i've seen is the ratings are not very good yeah okay let's be fair about these ratings okay because (laughs) the audience ratings on these if you go and you look at the audience ratings on rotten tomatoes Mm -hmm. they're they are some of the things people say about this movie are horrifying oh and there's a lot of bigoted people out there, and I don't have. Well, time for I them. really that's that's kind of sad that people are going to rate the movie based off of that versus if it's actually a good movie or. I not. know, right? Give it a re- give us a real reason why it's yeah. no good. Yeah. <laughs> Which, not that people make you uncomfortable because you're dumb, but yeah. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So yeah. So. I guess that's it then. I guess we only have one thing left to do, and that is keep rent or erase. Jen, where do you stand? I wanted to like this movie. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I thought this was coming in with a neat concept. I was expecting a good slasher film. There was a few good spots in there, but for the most part, I was kind of confused why things were happening certain ways or what was happening with some of the characters. I don't know. I 
I almost hate doing this, but I, I would probably put this on the erase and please come back and give me a better story because I really want to see a good story about this. <laughs> I really do. I think this was, I, I think this has the potential to be a good story and it, it this one just wasn't. Fair enough. Fair enough. I 100% agree with you. I'm on the erase pile with this as well, which again, sad. I like Kevin Bacon. I love the concept. I think it's great. It's something unique that we haven't seen before. But if this is what we get out of this, no thanks. No thanks, guys. It's a, it's a jumbled mess of a story with a couple of good spots. The acting is great, but the acting can't save it, which says mm-hmm. a hell of a lot about the script because if Kevin Bacon's acting can't fix it, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, like you said before, all the actors, there was maybe one that I thought was meh or maybe mediocre, but the rest mm-hmm. of the actors I thought did really well. Yeah, absolutely. They were believable. Mm-hmm. You kind of felt what they were feeling. I thought they did a good job, but again, it goes back. You got to give me a good story yeah. too. Yeah. And a good story isn't like, I am 100% fine with having a message in my slasher movie. In fact, I kind of love movies with messages. Mm-hmm. You do. W- yes. Look at me. I mean, yeah. who am I? I that's what I do. <laughs> I like movies with messages. So this movie setting out to have a message is not a bad thing. It's the way that they executed it. Mm-hmm. That is the problem. You cannot smash two ends of a movie around one central message in the center of the movie, and that's it. You've got to run that thread, man. And I don't want to tell the writer director how to do his job but that's how you do your job you've got to run that thread through the whole movie you can't just clump it together in the center yeah i agree too i i don't have a problem with movies having messages i don't always pick up on the messages (laughs) i don't always pick up on the messages but this definitely felt like the message was being lost in it trying to become a slasher film. I I felt like the writer struggled there. Yeah. I think that balancing the horror with the message was maybe a little too... Again, I think the message is too complex to just... For for an hour and 45 minute slasher movie to do it justice, unless Mm -hmm. you have somebody help you out with that script. You can't... This is not something you're going to be able to tackle alone. So... Well, all right. Sorry to have done that, but there we are. Where where are we next week? All right. Next week, we are going to cover Prey. Ooh. Okay. Prey is a new Predator film, and I am hyped for this movie. Seriously, seriously hyped for this movie. I was already hyped for this movie, and then I started seeing the ratings for it. Okay. And the ratings are very, very good on both ends of the scope. Well, I am hoping that I don't have to be an avid Predator film watcher because I have not watched all the Predator films. So hopefully this will make sense to me. You've seen two of the four at least. I've seen Predator. And you saw The Predator. We saw it in theaters together. We did? We did. You. We came back and you were like, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> That's probably why I don't remember it. Probably then. you blocked it out. You blocked it out. If it's a terrible movie, usually it's it's out. I I'm done. I I'm not gonna save space in my brain for it. <laughs> not gonna save space in your brain for it. That's a good way of putting it. All right, next week, right here on the couch, pray. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. 
Thank you for listening to A View from the Couch. We value your feedback. Please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your preferred podcast listening app. You can reach us on Facebook by searching at A View from the Couch, on Twitter at View underscore Couch, or by emailing us at a view from the couch at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye. See ya.